Welcome to KJV Cafe, where the truths of God's Word come alive. Grab a hot cup of coffee or tea and spend some time learning about our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Listen now to Pastor Clark Covington of Heartland Community Baptist Church as he explores great insights from the Word of God. Question for you. What is God's love? What is it? I mean, you hear all the time, God is love. God is the God of love. There is no love without God. Well, what is that about? Look, that would take a lot more than one radio episode to describe God's great love. Yet, it would be an even bigger task to talk about God without describing his great love. Because he truly is love. And today we're going to talk about three of the many ways God loves us. Three of the many ways God loves us. And there are so many ways. I want to start by mentioning what kind of love we receive from God. Because it's a little different than the love that we see in this world. Uh, The word love is thrown around many times over every day by people all over the world. They'll say, uh, hey, I love my dog. Or, or this is good. Oh, I love my new car. Well, you love your car, but you would get rid of it in a heartbeat for a nicer car if it was given to you. Uh, you love your dog, but uh, it's still a dog. Uh, you love this or that, but it's not God. It's not godly love. Even how you love your mate or you love your best friend is not godly love. I want you to understand that godly love is an eternal love. It's not fickle. It's It's a love that's hard to imagine because God loved us before we were born. He knew us before we were born and he'll know us. uh, Those that have been saved and accepted Jesus as savior, he'll know us for an eternity. He'll know us throughout all the ages, throughout all time. And he loves us. And you think about that and say, man, that's, that's a deep love. Or how about this one? We were headed for hell because of our sin debt that we couldn't pay. What does God do? Does he come here and say, well, I'll just do this the easy way. I'll just snap my fingers and get rid of sin. No, he sends his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. He loved us so much that God himself, God, the father sent Jesus, the son to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life with him so that we could avoid damnation and hell so that we could be with him forever. Amen. That's the kind of God I'm talking about here today. I guess you could say I'm preaching about here today. And that's the kind of love that we're looking at. God loves us in so many ways, eternally, forever, before he knew us, throughout all time. He loves us so much that he gives us talents and skills. And he gives us ways of using those talents and skills to bring glory to him, to earn a living in our household, to give us self-esteem. He gives us all kinds of things that we can do to help others and be a blessing to others. Uh, He loves us so much and so deeply. I mean, the ways that God loves us, we can, uh, uh, it's hard to even comprehend. Amen. But here are three clear ways we know he loves us. Firstly, God loves us by hearing our prayers and giving us peace. He loves us by hearing our prayers and giving us peace. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Be careful for nothing. What does that mean? Don't leave anything out of your prayers, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then what happens when we do this, when we don't hold anything back and when we pray with gratitude and thanksgiving and we let the Lord know our, our deepest needs, our smallest needs, our biggest needs and all those in between, we pray without ceasing as the Bible says, we pray uh, on our knees or better yet on our face, seeking the face of God. What happens? Well, we get the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, and it keeps our hearts and minds through what or who? Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is how we are able to approach the throne boldly. Amen. You'll remember that when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, uh, that that veil was uh, rent in two, that the covering that uh, covered the inner rooms of the Holy Holies of the temple there. Uh, and only the high priest could go in there at a certain time each year and had to be dressed a certain way and all these things. And that was all written too. And now we can come to the throne boldly by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen. We have access to the Father. And so he shows his love towards us by hearing our prayers and giving us peace. If you don't understand, I, I got to tell you, this is incredible. When you read the Bible and you get into the Old Testament especially, uh, but even in the New Testament, it, you, you understand clearly that people of different ages, different time periods of the Bible were to be dispensations, different uh, eras. They didn't have access to God like we have access to God. We have great access to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Think about it. As the Old Testament was being written, they didn't have the Old Testament or New Testament. Uh, they had the, maybe the Mosaic Laws is about it. As a New Testament was being written, they, didn't, they had the Old Testament. They didn't have the New Testament. We have that. We have the Old Testament, New Testament, and many years of uh, church research and uh, scholars, uh, commentary and preachers uh, exhorting and preaching. And we have so much that all points to the love of God, the love of Jesus, and that we can approach the throne boldly. Never forget to thank God for the ability to reach out to him directly for the ability to have that great mediator there, Jesus Christ, to petition the Lord for our prayers and those that we are praying, inter, uh, praying intercessory for. So we should pray about everything and we don't have to be careful with what we pray about. God wants us to give him all our burdens and then get this. He loves us so much. He wants us to pray, but get this. He knows our needs before we even ask him. Matthew six, seven through eight. But when ye pray, Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking, verse 8. But be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So here, Matthew 6, 7 through 8, we're being instructed, don't just continue through uh, formalities and vain repetitions, thinking that the uh, sum of your words, the bulk or the quantity of your prayer will equal quality. It doesn't. And God knows what we need, right? So why does he want us to ask him? Why does he want us to pray? Well, again, this is dealing with God's love. First of all, it develops a dependence on him and him alone. And that's important. He loves us enough to show us that he is the true way of uh, the true way for life, the true way for knowledge, the true way for wisdom, the true way for peace in our lives. So he's developing a dependence on him by us through this idea of constantly praying to him and being careful for nothing and getting that peace, that feedback from him as we pray. 
Uh, Secondly, there's faith in him that he will answer our prayers. So we develop a dependency on him to pray to him as we go to him, and that develops a loving relationship with him. And then we have that faith in him that he's going to come through and answer our prayers. Amen. I hope you have that faith tonight, Uh, that faith to go to him in prayer, to know, hey, I'm asking God to do this. God's able. You know, the Bible talks about if you believe God will move a mountain, he can move a mountain. Okay. If we believe uh, like that mustard seed, if we believe that God can do great things, he can do great things. Amen. And we have to believe. So it builds faith when we pray to him. And finally, a time of fellowship with him where we can spend time sharing our burdens and our happy times. You know, it shouldn't always just be uh, about praying uh, for our needs or others' needs. Uh, We also can just be grateful to God and just share with him some of the blessings that we've seen in our life. I believe that's gratifying to the Father, brings glory to him to show that we recognize it. Uh, Again, he knows everything. He knows all. He knows all of the blessings he's given us. And so it's good to just repeat some of those things back. And we have a God that loves us enough to hear us when we pray. And we have a God that loves us enough to give us peace when we pray. Have you ever had peace after you prayed about something? I have. And I'm sure many listening have. Think about it in times of conflict, praying to God and getting peace. In times of intercessory prayer for others, for their well-being and their needs. And you get peace. And that peace is almost like you have peace for them and for that situation as you are bearing that burden. And now you have peace. In times of joy and happiness, feeling his peace when we pray. This is the love of God towards us. We are heard by him and we feel his presence within. Amen. Well, how do we do that? We feel it through the Holy Spirit and dwelling within us. So we don't want to grieve that Holy Spirit. We want that Holy Spirit working within us, that that Holy Spirit that's uh, just a kicking about within us as we uh, read the scriptures, as we pray, as we seek his face, as we study the scriptures, as we listen to preaching, as we sing, as we glorify him, as we have our quiet time with the Lord, that Holy Spirit helps give us peace. Look, I know a lot of Christians get made fun of for praying and falling asleep. Uh, back at the church I used to attend before uh, I started, uh, well, the Lord had led me to start uh, Heartland Community Baptist Church in Lincolnton. Uh, we would have all night prayer and people would be over there at the altar in the chairs. And sometimes they'd nod off and they'd fall asleep. Amen. But there's something about that that I think is a little bit more than people just being tired or being quiet and tired. It's when you pray and you get peace, that peace sometimes is so overwhelming that you do fall asleep. Uh, And I believe that's just a kind of peace that we get from the Lord uh, as we pray. And, and, you know, the Bible says it's that peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Uh, uh, Philippians 4, this is verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So sometimes we can't even explain it. It does. It passes all understanding. We can't even uh, intellectually get our, our minds around it, but we know it's there. Amen. I don't know about you, but honestly, prayer uh, is one of the ways I see God's love in my life and is the only way really uh, when times get tough, it's the only way uh, to forward for me. You know, if there's a really bad situation that would happen, uh, I'd have to go pray about it. If there's a big decision or a small decision, I want to go pray about it. Uh, sometimes I don't know what to say and I just pray about it. And that's that, that, that fellowship and that discourse we have with the Lord that we see his great love towards us 
in that prayer. And that's such a wonderful thing. And it's so important. And, and yes, we get the peace from it. And yes, uh, we have fellowship with God. And, and, and at the same time, we are able to grow as Christians, as we get in our prayer closets, as we earnestly pray for others, and as we have that deep, deep faith that that prayer will result in exactly what we are asking God for, if it be his will. Because when we pray, we must pray that it be his will, and then it'll be done. And and if Jesus can sign off on it, so to speak, if we pray in Jesus' name and it's of the Father's will, it will be done. Amen. And that's why it's so important to pray and continue to understand how much God loves us through our prayers. It's amazing because many, many people uh, look at prayer as something, uh, I'll do it later, I'll do it when I have time, or when I wake up, or when I go to bed, and that's it. Instead of looking at prayer as the most important weapon in the spiritual battles in life, as the tool to repent for sin in their life and get right with God, uh, as, as a way to petition the Lord and, and get clarity in their life uh, for whatever they're going through, as a way to go to the throne boldly and ask God for healing for a friend maybe. Uh, I've been there and prayed uh, deeply for a friend at a terminal illness, and God did not uh, heal that person. It was God's will to take that person home on to glory. Amen. I, I know they were saved. And at the same time, when I prayed, I did get peace in the sense that I felt like my prayer was heard. And, and the Bible backs up that the prayers of those that are living for God, that love the Lord, that are living righteously are heard. And, and yet it wasn't the answer I wanted. Amen. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't God's will. And at the end of the day, by praying to him, I saw his love in that situation, his love. It was like he knew my heart. He knows your heart. And he hears our prayers, and it's a great, wonderful thing to have God's love seen through our prayer life. You're listening to KJV Cafe. As you learn the great truths in God's Word, we encourage you to take the verses mentioned in this episode and study them. Trusting God will open your eyes to a deeper understanding of Himself. Now here's Pastor Clark with the rest of today's message. second way that God loves us is by guiding us and giving us protection. Psalm 16, 7 through 8. What a great verse. Psalm 16, 7 through 8. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Psalm 16, 7 through 8. Very powerful verse of scripture. Here we see God shows his love toward us in that he guides us with his counsel. Who's the wisest person you know? Who's the wisest uh, resource that you would go to? It has to be God. God is wisdom. Uh, Solomon was given, uh, God said, look, I'm going to bless you. What, what is it that you want, Solomon, King David's son? And Solomon could have asked for great wealth and all these other things. And he asked for wisdom. He asked for discernment that he may lead the uh, chosen people, the Israelites, in the proper way. And God gave Solomon that wisdom. God can give us great wisdom. Where does this wisdom come from? Where does this counsel come from? The Bible, prayer, meditation on the things of God, chewing the cud, 
where you're thinking on what God uh, has in his word and what you learned at church or Sunday school, spending time with him in quiet fellowship, worship. I'll say this, serving God can also lead to great wisdom and discernment. Not grieving the Holy Spirit, repenting of all sin, staying away from the unclean thing, living for God, living righteously. It all helps us to understand what we are to do and to have those right outcomes in our lives. Again, the verse says, I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. Isn't that great? I will bless the Lord. Did you wake up today and say, hey, I want to bless the Lord? I hope you did. Amen. Don't we, we should all want to bless the Lord. Uh, you know, we want to, we should all want to bring glory to God. We should all want to brag on our God a little bit. We, we should all want our God to get the limelight. We should all want our God to just be loved on because he loves us. Amen. The Bible says he first loved us in, in, while we were yet in sin. Amen. He loves us so greatly, so deeply. All righty. Then the second part of verse seven here in Psalm 16, it says, look at this, my reins as in my conscience, my inside voice, my inner thoughts, they do what they instruct as in they back up what we're taught by God throughout the day in the Bible, in preaching, in singing, in praise, in quiet time, in service. And when does that happen? In the night season. I love this. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Okay, so this is something that I can actually personally relate to a lot. As the pastor of a small church, I'm trying constantly to immerse myself in the word of God and the things of God, uh, to read commentaries, to, to listen to other preachers, uh, to, to, uh, stay up to date with mission work and, and the missions out there and, uh, world news and how all this stuff connects and man, everything. I just try to immerse myself. I don't want to shortchange a congregation. And most importantly, I don't want to shortchange God. Amen. He called me to it. He'll see me through it, but I got to do my part. And so I spent a lot of time listening to preaching and studying and, uh, you know, Bible study and, and, and uh, uh, watching YouTube videos of other preachers or listening to preaching on the radio and tons of preaching. Amen. Uh, and then what do I do? Well, at night, you know, my prayer time, my inner voice, it, it, it kind of all these things come together like puzzle pieces and it helps me to discern the ways that God would have me to go. And I didn't know how to describe it. And here I see in Psalm 16, uh, verse seven, my reins also instruct me in the night seasons. Amen. That's it. My inner voice, my conscience, God is, you know, saturating myself, my ways and the, and the word of God. And then it's coming together. Amen. You can do this too. Maybe you could relate to this, this idea that at quietest time, the nighttime when it's dark and, you know, and, and where's our light, our lights coming from the Lord and we're, we're fellowship with him. We're praying and we're having right thoughts. We're having right ideas and it all comes together. Amen. That night season, that's it. This is God's love towards us. Amen. Uh, verse eight, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Amen. Where's God at? The right hand. What does the right hand stand for? Strength and surety in God. Amen. Uh, God's right hand, it refers to the Messiah. I, I like a website called gotquestions.org. Amen. They've got a lot of good stuff on there. And they mention the Lord Jesus Christ. He's of equal position, honor, power, and authority with God. They get that from John 1, 1 through 5. The fact that Christ is sitting refers to the fact that his work of redemption is done. And when the fullness of the Gentiles is brought in, that's Romans eleven twenty five. 25, 
Christ's enemies will be made his footstool as the end of the age comes. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and we have God on our right hand, amen, guiding us. He's holding our hand. He's guiding us, and that's his love, amen. Listen, we shall not be moved. God will uphold us through all the torment this world can throw at us. We shall not be moved. I feel like when I study the scripture sometimes, I get a little bit down, you know, looking at, at things in the Bible times that were happening, looking at how that relates to today and things that are happening today around the world. I mean, hey, you could just look at the news. The news. I say newspaper, but I guess everyone's online now. You look at the news, it can be quite uh, depressing to say the least. But can I say it's misleading? And the reason why it's misleading is they're not going to the word of God. They're not praising God. They're not accurately depicting what will happen. Amen. What 100% you can take it to the bank will happen that Jesus Christ is coming again. Amen. He's coming again. He's coming to take his church home. Amen. He's going to set up his millennial kingdom here. We're going to rule and reign with Christ forever and ever. Uh, Heaven is a wonderful, wonderful place. So wonderful uh, that I believe there's great treasures in store for us that we can't even understand here. We can't intellectualize here. We couldn't verbalize here. We just have to trust God. Isn't that funny? The same way that we have to have faith to believe in God, the same way that we have to have faith to walk as a believer in Christ, is the same way we got to have faith that heaven will make it uh, all worth it. Amen. I believe it will. Just to say thank you to the one that died for us, that would make it all worth it, wouldn't it? So we shall not be moved. God's counsel, his strength, his surety, we will be delivered from the enemy. We will be uh, upheld. We will be uh, like on that solid rock foundation as long as we turn to Christ, as long as we live for Christ. Amen. God will uphold us through all the torment that this world can throw at us. Amen. That's a wonderful thought. And that's another way that we see that God loves us, right? He loves us so much that he will not let us fall just away. Okay. Once saved, always saved. Once we accept Christ as savior, of course we have to do that. But once we do that, we're always saved. We have eternal security in the Lord. Point number three here is God's love is seen as God gives us rest and peace, no matter what's happening around us. I've mentioned things in the world today are pretty chaotic. They are. And yet God loves us. And yet God gives us rest. And yet God gives you peace. Hey, I want you to think about this for a minute. Think about the last time that God just gave you peace. And then think about what's going on in the world today and say, wow, that's amazing. You know, isn't that remarkable? I mean, I just think back down to recent times and things that have happened here. And I think, wow, you know, you turn on the news, you think the world was ending. But in the Covington household, we were happy, healthy, and God preserved us and he he carried us through psalm 4 8 i will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou lord only makest me dwell in safety psalm 4 8 i will both lay me down in peace how great is it to lay down in peace and sleep hey what happens when you can't sleep you're restless you're anxious your your mind is racing right and here in psalm 4 8 the psalmist is saying i will both lay me down in peace and sleep why For thou, Lord, only, only, exclusively God, amen, exclusively God, thou, Lord, only makest me to dwell in safety. God's the only one that can protect us, and he does protect us, and that shows his great love for us. God's love gives us the ability to rest. Physically, we are blessed and loved by God to have a place to rest. Think about that. It's God's love that gave you a place to lay your head at night. It's God's love that gave you 
Air conditioning, if you got air conditioning, it's God's love that gave you a blanket or a pillow. It's God's love that, that allowed you to go to bed and allowed you to wake up. And we talk about this idea that God can take someone's life. How about God just stops giving them life? Every day, his mercies are new. Every day he's given us life. He has made that conscious decision to give us life. Nothing is by accident. God controls everything. It's all by his providence. And that's his love towards us. He gave us another day. Amen. That's exciting. God gives us peace to rest without worry. He gives us peace to rest without worry. In Psalm 4, 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. We don't have to worry. He gives us peace. What makes us restless? Lack of peace. God delivers the peace we need to remain calm and rest. And this is so important in a world that I would just go ahead and guess is as anxious today as it's ever been. You know, if you struggle with this, why not pray more for God's peace? And why not dig into his word more and listen to more preaching and sing more hymns and, and, and godly songs, spend time in the church house, serve him, just immerse yourself with him and receive his great peace. You know, it's just this great relationship that we fellowship with him and he gives us great peace. Think about the backslider. They're far off from God. Do they have peace? No, absolutely not. They don't have peace. But when we're close to God, we have great peace. And he gives us rest without worry. He exclusively keeps us in safety. Ever think about this? The idea that God alone is responsible for our safety? He is. We follow this logic. God is our father, right? Now, God created all, but he's not the father of all. He's the father of those that have been born again, okay? Been born of the spirit. So those that are saved, those that accepted Christ as savior, he's their father. He's my father. Hopefully he's your father here today. You're born again. Now, how does a father protect his own kids? Fiercely. You know, I'm a father. If someone's going to come into my house or around my kids and try to harm them, I will do everything in my capacity to make sure that does not happen because I am the father, I'm the dad, I'm the head of the house, I'm the protector, and I will do what I have to do to protect my family. How much more so is God the protector of us? How much more so is the wise father? His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. The Bible talks about if we like to give good gifts to our kids, how much, and we're evil, how much more so does God like to bless us? Amen. How much more so is God our father, us being born again, us being saved? He protects us fiercely. God's our father, the creator of the universe, and he has a vested interest in protecting his children. And we are children of the most high God. And we just need to believe that. We just need to understand that, have faith in that, that God is real, that God's alive, that God's very active here, and that he is our father. He will protect us. We are exclusively protected by him. I'll just say this real quickly. Maybe where we are today, it might be uh, boring. It might be um, different. It may have some difficulties, but maybe God put us there for our protection because it's the best place for us to be. Amen. We need to spend more time thanking God for what he has done for us and less time asking God to fix this and that and get us out of this and this. You know, there's a reason behind these things that we just need to thank him and serve him and do his blessed will while we're there. God gives us peace and safety no matter what is going on in the world. Why? Because he is God and he's all powerful. Remember when Pilate said to Jesus, uh, before his crucifixion and Jesus, uh, he wasn't getting the right answer out of him. And Pilate said, look, don't you know, I could 
give you life or put you to death? And Jesus responded, all power that you have is from my father. Jesus said, you, you know, the only way, Pilate, you can do anything is what my father allowed. Jesus knew. He knew. He's God in the flesh. He knew what we here should understand, that whatever happens here is of God, and it's allowed by God, and it's God's great love towards us. And Romans 8.28 shows us that all things are for the good of those that are called according to his purpose, that those that love God. God is my father, and he's my God. He sh- if, you, if you've been saved, he's your father, and he's your God, and he'll protect you. How? Through the working of the Holy Spirit within us, through his powerful hand of mercy, through his providence to lead us on the straight and narrow path. I mean, just wrapping all this up, we can see God's love in so many ways. But three very important ways we see God's love is his hearing of our prayers and giving us peace, his guiding and giving us protection, and his peace and safety given to us no matter where we are or what's going on. Now, in order to experience God's love as he intended it, you must be saved. Amen. You must be saved. And this starts by recognizing the greatest gift of them all. The biggest act of love of all history and all mankind is Jesus Christ dying on the cross for your sins and mine. Amen. Jesus dying on the cross. And once you're saved, making sure you're repentant, making sure you've dedicated your life to the Lord, making sure you've gotten all sins repented of, you've gotten them washed under the blood, you're living for the Lord. This is how God wants us to live. This is how we greatly experience his love. The best way we can experience his love is when we're living for him fully and wholly doing what he's called us to do. Thanks for visiting the cafe today. Our goal is to inspire you with the truth and depth of God's word in a straightforward manner. Do you know Jesus? You can today. Visit kjvcafe.com to learn more about God's great plan of salvation for all of mankind. Until next time, remember, as Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 puts it, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness.